0: So, management has asked me to welcome you to Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. If this is your first time listening, the concept of this podcast involves two members of the proletariat in a union-busting scab <laughs> reviewing and discussing <laughs> the Golden Girls. Her ultimate goal is to decide which of the episode best exemplifies the capitalist structure to which we've all been shackled. <laughs> my, my name is Brent. And joining me in representing the working man is my good friend, Ski. Hello, friends. And
1: here to reflect the views of the 1% is Alan. <laughs> now, I do, have to, I do have to argue, okay, that if I'm part of management, I'm not a scab. I may be a union buster, but I'm not crossing union lines. I'm management, okay? You two are the scabs coming here without your representation. <laughs> so, okay.
2: I'm yeah. sorry. You took some time on this one. Like. <laughs>
1: Exactly. So, <laughs> son we'll, of a bitch, son of a bitch asked me, "Should I make an intro since you're doing the recap?" And I was like, "Yeah, you should." It was a trap <laughs> the whole time. Exactly. All right. Uh,
0: so, you know, we'll start off with Alan providing a recap of this week's episode, and then we'll follow up with each of us talking about our favorite moments, our MVP of the episode, and how many slices of cheesecake we would offer that episode if we were to find ourselves in a barter-based economy. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is there a limit on the number of cheesecake slices we can offer? <laughs> um, we each get eight. Eight, that okay. <laughs> uh,
0: so join us now as we remember, remember the 5th of November, 1988. It's time for the fourth episode of season four, Yokel Hero. Mm. Was it on the Alan, 5th of November? It I mean, was not catch that. Very it cool. Because I was like, when did this one air? I was like, oh remember remember the 5th of november it was like ooh, i know the theme of my intro <laughs> <laughs> and once you get the theme down oh, it just right. writes itself yes, there you go well do you, you know what i closed with a, a rule of three joke
1: oh did you very nice <laughs> exactly
0: uh yeah, well, we just talked about our favorite moments or mvp of the episode and then how many slices of cheesecake mm-hmm. okay. fact, like that was the third one it was the funny one <laughs>
1: Well, if it's uh, if it's all right with you before I dive into the recap, mm-hmm. um we did get some uh, new messages or a new message from yeah. Numi. Nice. And it was an excellent one too, by the nice. way. She was uh responding. We were I think we got a little caught up in an episode a few back about the um the term dumb as a doornail or
2: Yeah, uh, I remember talking about that. different different phrases and terms. Right,
1: exactly. Like we, we weren't sure like there was dead as a doornail and, and dumb, as dumb as a d- doorknob um, <laughs> and we were we were kind of debating on which is the most common, common yeah, yeah uh, of mm-hmm. the, the phrases. I really did
2: find both were present though.
1: Right. Um, but she, she gave me a couple that are, that are used in Sweden, their versions oh, nice. of them. Um, and one of them is is particularly fantastic. So I'll do the, the I'll go from, uh, they're all great, but I'll save the best for last. Okay. So there's um, Stindad, which means stone dead. Okay. So uh, I, I guess that would be kind of similar to, you know, dead as a doornail, but okay. just as dead stone as you dead. can be. Yeah. Then there's a uh, and I'm probably going to be butchering the pronunciation, so I apologize. But "dod Summon Sil, sill" that's dead like a herring, mm. which I thought was great, especially. <laughs> yeah, those would like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then my personal favorite was uh, and I'm going to try to get this worked into my vernacular, but "dumb uh, sum and which is a uh, dumb or stupid as a goose. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. So so in case anybody's out there territorial
2: though. Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so dumb d u m s o m some n e n gas with the a with the little circle over the top. I'm not sure what that accent mark. Mm-hmm. Um, Figure re- out what that one is. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you would like to integrate that into your own uh, vernacular, maybe we can get that particular one going here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, <laughs> I, I did comment back about how much my wife hates gas or hates gas hates, <laughs> 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 hates geese. Um, so uh, yeah, she she. Mm-hmm. Really hates geese. It's probably your least favorite animal on God's green earth. Um,
0: you want to hear a story that'll just bring the room down? Sure. <laughs> we'll um, bring the room
1: down. As far as like you're gonna lower the mood here. Exactly. Exactly. Right. We raised expectations too high. That's with why the we intro. like to start off an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks for
0: you getting really it. you really enjoying this. Nice yeah. and low. Well, before here I start we go. Let's recap. let's yeah. tone that down a yeah. bit. <laughs> so, um, I was. Um, I was working out of an office building that was like in like this little like office building complex or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there were like these like twisty turny road, like sort of connecting the buildings. And I was not speeding, you know, I was going, you know, whatever the list be posted was maybe like a mile an hour over okay. at most. So this wasn't me coming around a corner too fast. I was coming around at the normal speed. But what was happening was just below where my eyes were looking until you know i was right on it so but there was a family of um like geese crossing the road like mommy geese and then probably like i don't know eight or nine tiny little you know three inch tall right baby geese just the cutest thing ever Mm -hmm. you know so i come around the corner and they're down there and i can't stop in time and so i clip off the final two (laughs) oh Oh, no (laughs) so um And i feel horrible and then i look in my rear view mirror and like the the six surviving chicks are like running around in circles Mm -hmm. while like the mommy goose is like flapping her arms like in grief and Mm -hmm. mourning and i just felt so bad like those kids know they lost two (laughs) brothers or whatever well this is not exactly (laughs) board went out for huey and Dewey tonight (laughs) 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 that is quite a downer Uh, yeah i know
1: well, I know, like at the daycare that my kids used to go to, um, they had a problem with geese out there as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, yeah, and they had the kind of a long walkway to get into the building, so mm-hmm. if there were geese out there. They could definitely be a problem. Mm-hmm. Well, they would put out radishes mm-hmm. because apparently geese will try to eat the radish, mm-hmm. get stuck in their throat, and then they just suffocate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. so, like, there were several where they would basically put out the radishes, the geese would die. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just toss their dead bodies in the dumpsters. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, because I think geese are, like, protected yeah, uh, to yeah. a certain extent. So yeah. you, you can't...
2: Yeah, they were in danger. I think they're actually coming off protections uh, to a degree. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... They uh, the uh, method. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Uh, now, but
1: that, of course, yours... In a way, yours is more horrible because it's babies. Um, <laughs> exactly. But in a way, it's also less horrible because you didn't it's do it not intentionally. intentionally. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, so. yeah.
0: It was. I, I felt legit. Felt bad, and then I saw the scene in my rear view mirror, and I felt even worse. Yeah. You know, and and it's one of those things that like. I don't know. I don't want to go to the rest of it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was just gonna try to think of a comparison as to how bad it was and I was gonna relate it to, you know, as bad as it was at that place I was working at that uh. <laughs> caused the whole thing and then I lost interest in the bit. <laughs> and then started pulling teeth.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sorry for your uh I don't know.
2: Goose loss? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't be your loss. I guess your loss of your humanity. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like your in the age of forty-two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so. so you ever see the geese flying south for the winter? I probably have. I don't have a specific memory in my head. Oh, and they like in the V shape. Oh, sure, yeah,
0: absolutely. And you know, like, do you know one side's a little bit longer than mm-hmm. the other? Do you know why that is? <laughs> I think at some
1: point I may have heard why it is, but I'm sure it's not the reason you're going to tell me. <laughs> so, I don't remember what it was, but He's please. He's smiling too much me. for it to be a real answer. Yeah.
0: so like one side's longer than the other like when they're flying in the V shape. Uh-huh. And the reason the one side is longer is more geese.
2: <laughs> He's right. It is true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe larger geese. <laughs> yeah. Now I think... Socially distanced geese on yeah. the left. <laughs> Super spreader event on the right. Right. <laughs> that's a good joke. Um, I'm really proud of yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Is that a joke you made up yourself? Just now. Wow, that's impressive. Just now. now that's a joke book quality joke. <laughs> I forget
0: what it was that ski set me up. I was like, oh, I
2: know where this goes.
1: <laughs> Well, so, anyways, but that's all I had. Uh, we're just uh, uh, about uh, dumb as a goose. But anyway, so so yes, as as said, uh, season four, episode four, Yokel Hero, uh, original air date uh, November fifth, nineteen eighty eight, mm-hmm. written by uh, Martin Weiss and Robert Bruce, and directed by Terry Hughes.
0: Mm-hmm. This is a really good beer called Robert the Bruce.
1: Oh, is there? Yeah, I there's think it was a, a historical dude as well, right? Yeah, I, I think yeah. so. There's
2: a guy on a I mentioned on Braveheart. Oh, uh, I'm not seen that. It's an excellent movie. You'd mm-hmm. love it. It's really good.
0: I've not seen the Apocalypse of the of the what's the Christ movie that he did. As well? Oh,
1: uh, Passion of the Christ. Passion of the Christ. Like I've not seen. I've, I've not never seen, seen that either. Like I actually don't know if I've seen any of Mel Gibson's directed movies. Hmm. I'm trying to think, did he do the one about what women want? Did he direct that? No, I think was he was in it, it wasn't but I, he? I don't yeah, know if he directed it or not. No, yeah. it was
0: um oh I don't I can't remember her name, but yeah, somebody famous. Mm, okay.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, it, off the top of my head, I don't know of any that I've seen, but it's also possible because I'm not nearly as aware of the directors as you are. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Wasn't Helen Hunt in that one too?
1: Yeah, yeah, she was,
0: she um, was pretty the good. In that. they wanted. Mm. And like, they just did the – did you see like, they just did like the reboot or whatever? What Men I Want. I like I do, yeah. But it was like, What Men Want. And it's like, well, you don't really need a whole movie explaining <laughs> that. Right, <yeah. laughs> We've been very clear. <laughs>
1: yeah, we're not nearly as um, – one-third of the run time. That's right. <laughs> yeah, a short. Always <laughs> oh, finishes first turn. Right. <laughs> it's sad, but true. Um, anyways, so uh, you ready for me to kick into this episode? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so take me out to the ball game. Uh, we open with Rose, Blanche, and Dorothy returning home <laughs> playing a charity softball game. Uh, Ooh, nice. Dorothy asked why the game is always played on the hottest day of the year. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> so uh, Tell them about the outfits. It was, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, they all have different baseball-ish type outfits. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, doesn't Rose have on a sweatshirt.
2: They're yeah. all long sleeves. Yeah. Yeah. All like,
1: and it's that way the uh, entire episode. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they got like, like long pants. They might as well have jackets. Right. Exactly.
0: They're
1: all wearing their ugly Christmas sweaters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it, but so this is November 5th and they're having their hottest day of the year.
1: Well, I think we can suspend the, the disbelief as far as what day of the the day of the year in the episode doesn't have to match the day of the year on the calendar you're watching it.
0: Oh, I think it does. Kind of.
1: Well, I, 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 figure, I figured that the day that they were playing it was on August 9th because mm-hmm. August 9th, that year and the year prior, was the hottest day of the year in Miami. Mm-hmm. So, nice. so that must have been – so it would have made sense. Both years they had it on August 9th. They've only played in it two years apparently <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> they have it annually on the 9th. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the statement – they're very into continuity and mm-hmm. um, everything <laughs> matching up. That's true. So they're that,
2: very consistent. Right. We, um,
0: so we have a family reunion each year. And it's always on the exact same, you know, weekend each year. And then we go, and then, like, at the end, they're like, okay, so the equivalent Saturday next year is on this date. Mm -hmm. And then I was at one of them, and then, like, the way the holidays fell is like, well, that's only seven days after the holiday. People could be on vacation. And then there's like this whole big rigmarole. It's like, well, do we go the following?
1: It's like, no, it's tradition. We do it on this one. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, surely this was a problem that had to have come about, you know, within <laughs> the last point. 10 years. <laughs> one would think so so I know. don't know. Um, now, is this your this mom's side, side of the family or your dad's side? That's my paternal side,
0: yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and then finally they got it worked out. And my cousin went and made the reservation for next year
1: on the... Correct, God-fearing Saturday. <laughs> well, let's just hope that everybody's able to attend and that doesn't eat into anybody's valuable vacation time. So, <laughs>
0: or or you could be like, we hope everybody can attend because they're still living.
2: <laughs> You're like, I don't was care it about a the problem kids. that had never been happened before? Because you know, if you guys didn't know, yeah, we just started June. adopting the holidays. <laughs> June, yeah, Juneteenth is now an official uh, oh, governmental yeah, holiday. Mm-hmm. Good so, for that. If if you know it's been around a long time, but yeah, <laughs> just I don't now know. been made an official federal really, holiday,
1: I certainly am one hundred percent supportive of that. But I also think that much like most federal holidays, yeah, if you
2: weren't celebrating it before, <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't know that people are planning vacations around it. Um, <laughs> Maybe bankers' Tuesday weekend, right? So.
2: Maybe bankers or something like people yeah. will definitely have it off. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't
1: know if uh, Brent's paternal side of the family, is it l- lousy with bankers? <laughs> no. 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 Um, no. A lot of government employees? <laughs> no. I'm just a,
0: a cross-stitch of a society. Okay. I don't know. Fair They're enough. They're all good people. Oh, I, but no I, No doubt.
1: So. Uh, well, anyway, the the girls discover after getting home that it's hotter inside than it was out there because the A.C. is broken. Mm-hmm. So they go to the kitchen to call the repairman and have some ice cream, I guess, mm-hmm. to cool down. They uh, enter the kitchen and find Sophia there showing her naughty bits to the leftover meatloaf in the mm-hmm. fridge. Her chilled clam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that uh, Dorothy says something to the effect of, like, you know, close it before all the food spoils, so she closes the robe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. As, if, as if she's going to pickle the onions. Right. <laughs> so, uh... She she exits the kitchen after retrieving her frosted bloomers. Um, now <laughs> I debated on what word to use there because the word that seems old timey like pants to me mm-hmm. is like knickerbockers or mm-hmm. knickers. Yeah, but I just was like, this is a recording. If I say yeah. it too quickly, it's gonna potentially <laughs> sound really bad. And I don't want to have to cut the joke. <laughs> so. exactly. Bloomers is solid, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, I
0: think bloomers is solid. I think we, I think it's definitely the. It's the best option for there, mm-hmm. and then I think second place would be like sexy was, panties. Well, I was gonna <laughs> go with um, pocketed panties uh, oh, talking. that's right, yeah, <laughs> she had uh, her undies used to have pockets on.
1: <laughs> or right. I on the other way and I mean like her g-string or something like that. <laughs> but I and think bloomers is the way to go. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it, I think it worked out. Um. But uh, while looking through the mail, Rose discovers the A story of the episode, Mm -hmm. that uh, she has been nominated for St. Olaf Woman of the Year. Rose expresses her surprise at the nomination due to her lack of qualifications for such an important position, and Dorothy replies, "Uh, I guess Dan Quill really opened up the floodgates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, That was a good one. Um, Rose states that the prior winner, Gretchen Lillehammer, had run into the burning library and saved all the books, and Blanche asked how she accomplished that. And Rose states, uh, she took two books in one hand and one in the other and ran like the dickens. <laughs> and then Dorothy asked her what they do when someone has read all three books in the library. And Rose replies, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Mm-hmm. I think that was my favorite line. Yeah. I think me too. Yeah, um, that was a great one. Real quick. So do you think uh, Gretchen Lily Hammer mm-hmm. was she the inspiration for the Netflix show? I've not sure seen she, it. But. Yeah. I, I can't see what else would have
2: been. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the place called Little Hammer. When the <laughs> <laughs> Oh that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go with it. All right. That's my argument, Alan. Yeah. I'm sticking I, to it.
1: I would imagine that you're correct, but not as funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I am <I'm> right. <laughs>
0: I think um I may be getting this story totally wrong. Um, but like it was I think it was the uh, comedians in cars getting coffee and mm-hmm. he was talking to uh um a comedian, yes, Sarah Silverman. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, and, and like she's asking him about ratings, and he was like, she was asking Seinfeld about like ratings for the show or whatever, and he's like, well, I don't really know. Netflix doesn't tell us that. Mm. And, and she's sort of incredulous. And she's like, What? They don't want people finding out how many people watch Lily Hammer or something along those, <laughs> those. It was a Lily Hammer joke that was very well delivered. <laughs> not really? So that's why I thought of Lily Hammer so yeah. quickly, even though I've not seen the show. But Gretchen could be from that one. Could be. <laughs> well,
2: do you guys like Sir Silverman? I do. I do, I do too. I I've I've heard mixed reviews from people who don't like me, I guess because she's done a few things that were a little bit political. But mm-hmm. I think she's hilarious. Yeah. I think
1: her heart's in the right place. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah, I don't mind her political jokes, but then again, her political jokes probably tend to skew more towards the way my political leanings go. Anyway, uh, maybe I feel differently if I you know mm-hmm. felt strongly the other direction. So maybe. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, so that ends that scene. Did you have something? Who do you think's better?
0: Um, just, like, do you think that Janine Garofalo looks at Sarah Silverman's career and thinks, why couldn't that have been mine?
1: Probably, but Janine Jean- Garofalo's had a pretty successful career. I mean, obviously, as a stand-up all by itself, mm-hmm. you know, I'd say the two are equal. Yeah. Um, have mm-hmm. had, Although, I mean, I guess Sarah Silverman has had more recent, mm-hmm. um, you know, big... success. Yeah, but uh, acting-wise, I mean, Sarah Silverman has had her own show, and Janine mm-hmm. Garofalo never mm-hmm. quite grabbed that, at least to my memory I don't um, her, I but I don't know I so like when you if Janine Garofalo does look at it that way then I'd have to think it's probably says more about if if, if her um, stage persona is at all similar to her real life persona mm-hmm. which I think it is from little you yeah, know yeah. interviews I've heard here and there yeah. it probably has more to do with that than anything else because she yeah. seems a little dour mm-hmm. in general um, yeah
0: but, I mean you're giving Sarah Silverman credit for having her own show and Janine Garofalo not but I would make the argument that Sarah Silverman's never been great in a movie, while Janine Garofalo was great in, you know, a handful of films.
1: Okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I would think, I would think if she was comparing the two, I I don't think so. I think mm-hmm. that there are definitely a lot of people who could look at, say, a younger comedian that's mm-hmm. blowing up mm-hmm. and be like, oh, well, that's not, you know, mm-hmm. fair, especially someone who has never had a, a big moment. But Janine Garofalo mm-hmm. had plenty of big moments in mm-hmm. her career. Yeah. So, and she was probably the, you know, One of the hottest comedians, um, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as uh, popularity and whatnot Mm -hmm. during a certain point in time. So,
0: and she gave the greatest ever Juliet Lewis impression I've ever seen.
1: Which where was was that in a an act or was that? Uh, It
0: was in um, when she was on the Ben Stiller show. Oh, okay. Um, They did a Cape Fear parody. I think they did theirs probably before the Simpsons did theirs, (laughs) but it was Eddie Munster instead of uh, (laughs) Robert De Niro. (laughs) And then. But then Juliet Lewis was in Cape Fear, and so Jimmy Garafolo played Juliet Lewis Mm. in Cape Fear. I'm gonna have to look that (laughs) up.
2: It's really good. That wasn't a real long-lived show, was it? Mm -mm. The Minnesota show?
0: No. I think that may have been like the first TV show, and this is well after the fact, but the first TV show I ever purchased on DVD. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess probably outside of The Simpsons. Oh, okay. So,
1: so, uh, so we start off a scene two at this point in the living room (laughs) (laughs) with uh, Dorothy, Blanche, and Sophia all in new clothing, but still suffering from the uh, broken AC. Rose comes through and gets upset, and the other three follow her into the kitchen, and uh, she reveals that she's upset because of her lack of accomplishments over the last year, mm-hmm. which made me think, what is the nomination process? Um, mm-hmm. How did they even know what she'd done? Right, because you'd think there would have to be something that is like, oh, I know that this person has done some good things, so I'm going to nominate them. Mm-hmm. Um, Because she's surprised she got nominated in the first Uh place, and then she has to justify why she deserves the award. I think she
0: deserves it because last time she went back to her hometown, you know, she lied to the cops about the (laughs) old woman that she was abducting. Yeah, who who died in the frost at that cemetery.
1: (laughs) But At least she was reunited with her daughter. Forever. Right. Um, It's really
0: funny. (laughs) Do <laughs> you think you're going to be my MVP? <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: uh, so, uh, yeah, again, she reveals that uh, she was upset about uh, her lack of accomplishments. And uh, Blanche and Dorothy point out that uh, all the people that she's helped at the grief scene her, At the grief center, excuse me. And uh, and, uh, Sophia tells her her birth was an accident um, before heading out to see Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, I assume because that was the number one movie of that year. Very (laughs) nice. uh, After Rose leaves the room, Dorothy and Blanche punch up her application with uh, tales of eagles and floods. (laughs) And apparently buses as well, which we find a little later on. So now, uh, that's the end of that scene, and we're back in the living room. Uh, Rose is feeling better after administering a little self-love. Uh, when three uh, sounds ref- dirty, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> do you remember she says she looks in the mirror and tells herself, gives herself a hug, and says she loves herself. Yes. Um, it's how she got herself to her birthday. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh. I'd like to think that she said, I love you, and then she said, tears. I love you too, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Playing both sides of the role. Um, so
2: she has to turn around, so yeah. it looks like she's just got the arms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, <I> with her? <laughs>
1: at that point, three representatives of the uh, St. Olaf Woman of the Year Blue Ribbon panel show up at their door. After verifying her application by asking a few vaguely answered questions... And they're
2: triplets, right?
1: Yes, exactly. Triplets that look nothing alike but claim that everybody and <laughs> no one in town can tell them apart. <laughs> um,
0: like the one on the end looks so familiar to me. And yeah. I couldn't quite figure out which one he was because all, like, all the IMDB pictures are like them now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know what the dude looks like now. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, after a... Basically... You know, Dorothy pushes them into just accepting that. Oh, she's too humble to talk mm-hmm. about her accomplishments. Or are you going to give her the award or what? Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: Yeah, there's almost no conversation. Uh, really. Yeah, it's
1: exactly. it's pretty pretty brief process for I think verification. That's the way
0: it should be because like just like with true badasses, mm-hmm. they don't talk about how they're badasses. <laughs> you just know, right? <laughs> so
2: she's a yokel hero not because she talks about
0: it, mm-hmm. but because you know exactly. There's a the difference between
2: walking the path and knowing or knowing the path and walking the path. Oh mm-hmm. yeah,
1: there it is. <laughs> So uh <laughs> that's that from
2: Matrix tricks, uh, Morpheus. Oh wow. Very nice, very cool. <laughs> he says it's a Neo Loofa. Uh, <laughs>
1: did I get the cue? You almost did, but <laughs> I, I I put the wrong word down here. So oh. Loofah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so there's the correct word. All right.
2: How's that yeah. pronounced? <laughs> no, it,
1: it's Oofda. I'll just cut this oof-da. little piece here so it oof-da. sounds unprepared. So, Do they know it's coming to the audience? No, no. I mean, if they've watched the episode, they might know it's coming, but they don't no. know it's coming from me. Okay, I didn't know <laughs> if your instructions to us were part of the pre show. No, no. Um, I'm not I'll, like, yeah, I'll, I'll leave that <laughs> off also. If that's on there, it'll be at the end. Um, okay. So, But anyway, so uh, after verifying her application by a few vaguely answered questions, they declare. Rosen Oof, Island, da. they, God damn it, Brent.
3: <laughs>
1: they declare, You <laughs> <Oof. "Oof." laughs> almost broke my eardrum with that last one. <laughs> I always
0: forget you're wearing the
1: headphones. <laughs> so they declare, <laughs> Rosen Island, you are St. Olaf's Woman of the Year. well <laughs> Boy, that wasn't worth it at all. <laughs> So anyway, now I think you shouldn't say, cut any of that. You, you just, just let it play. Say, and
0: they declare <laughs> like you're leading into what they would declare. <laughs> and so that's why I was like legit thought that's what you were going oh, okay. for. So <laughs> well, the I declare was, the first one was me trying to you know contribute. Oh, uh, and then the uh, second, the uh, next three uh, were you just <laughs> fucking around. Because <laughs> of how so, funny I found my mistake
1: yeah. originally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it probably turned out better than it would have been just to have it actually come out. Yeah. <laughs> properly <laughs> anyways so we get into act two at this point starting uh, the fourth scene and uh, we start on a small wartime plane headed to saint gustav <laughs> the uh, pilot comes over the speaker and announces uh, ladies and gentlemen the fasten your seatbelt sign is now off if anyone knows how to fix it please report to the flight attendant <laughs> which i thought was a pretty good line mm-hmm. um the girls complain it about,
2: confidence in the airline.
1: Right. Uh, the girls complain about taking the flight. They learn that after the flight, they're going to have to take other transportation to get mm-hmm. to Saint Olaf because you know they don't have an airport in Saint Olaf. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Rose tells them it could be worse, they could be going to Beaver Falls. And just then, a man says, "Beaver Falls, that's my stop." And he pulls on a string that's like <laughs> on a bus,
2: <laughs> and like it's going to stop the plane. Right, exactly.
1: And then stands up, opens the door, and jumps out. Mm-hmm. And I was
2: I was amazed that when he opened the door, no breeze. Yeah, none at all. <laughs> none. <laughs>
1: And then the no the, pressure change, right? And then the flight attendant sitting there just grabs like a rope uh-huh. <laughs> to yeah, then close the door. Easily back closes up. the door, yeah. Yeah, he did have some sort of a loose-fitting parachute, it looked like, on his back <laughs> as he jumped. And uh, you know, of course, Rose just nods to the to the girls to show him like, yeah, see, it could have been worse. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And then uh, I'm she glad talks. They all got over their fear of flying, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she talks about how the award is a symbol of honesty and decency, and then tells the girls. Of the lengthy process to get from St. Gustav to St. Olaf, <laughs> which said it'll take only a couple of days. And um, they're all
2: like, what?
1: Right. I don't know where, like, I feel like St. Olaf would have to be at the top of a mountain or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> because the next scene... Well, didn't you take, like, in that one episode... Uh... The, was it the last one of the last season, mm-hmm. where she takes like a train or something to get there? Didn't she, or a bus?
1: Yeah, something like that. Um, so
2: know, is that just one of the legs of the journey?
1: Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know how how many various options are her to get there. But and apparently. the old
2: lady she talked to said that she passed through there one time. How? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just like I was <laughs> being I <laughs> was being really passed trip. through in like some kind of a slave trade, and yeah. I was. That's
0: what I was trying to think. You want it that way. I really like that. I was just thinking, it's like, did she not tell them how long they were going to be gone? Yeah. Like, it's like, well, we're all going to need like four days of travel. Right. <laughs> Both like, ways. I assume like somebody's like, hey, will you go with me for this funeral? I will assume, okay, well,
1: we'll leave tomorrow, mm. the next day or the next day at the latest. You right. Know? Yeah, like, I mean, you, know, you would assume this would have to be at least, like, a 10-day journey exactly. by the time it's all done. And that's just to been one day in St. Olaf for <laughs> exactly. her, her to accept the award. Because I, I would just accept. It's like, okay,
0: I'll be gone three days for whatever, mm. you know, my thing is, you know. But I'm not going to, like, clarify it because this person's grieving. Like, right. I don't want to yeah. pester him with a lot of questions. like, all right, so will we be on the 715 or mm-hmm. the 822? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, well, then the next scene, it starts off with um, them on a train with uh, Blanche complaining that the airline lost their luggage, which this would be the second time in the series mm-hmm. that they've had their luggage lost. Now, that in that airline, there was like eight people on the plane, so they just mm-hmm. not even put it on the plane to begin with. It would look like his luggage would be like a chicken crate. Right. <laughs> right? I, I
2: imagine <laughs> so, if the door opened so easily uh, with the, for the jumper... That maybe their hatch just opened while they were yeah, flying?
1: That, that, that could definitely be the case. Or maybe they were like, oh, we're over Beaver Falls. We need to drop this guy's luggage, and it just all came sliding out.
2: Maybe maybe it was crammed in there with the landing gear, it and when be. the landing gear opened up a few miles up, you know. Mm,
1: that definitely could be the, the situation. Um, but Blanche is, is upset and declares, now an she'll have an entire weekend without underwear. And uh, I thought Sophia gave a pretty good reply saying, yeah, and usually you slip on a pair by Sunday afternoon. <laughs> uh, Rose wishes it wasn't cloudy outside so they could see Mount Losing Bottom, um, which apparently it's uh, like Mount Rushmore, but with four losers of presidential elections mm-hmm. on the mountainside, mm-hmm. which brings us. To Alan's Deep Dive for this episode. Is, is it Adlai Stevenson? It is not Adlai Stevenson because he had too much information about him. <laughs> not that deep of a dive. No. Did you have Did
2: you have a list of the people Maybe on the yes. list? Maybe they can do
0: <laughs> <laughs> Adlai Stevenson then on Sophia's Deep Dish. <laughs>
2: right.
1: <laughs> well, so Adlai Stevenson is on the mountain twice because he lost two elections. Mm-hmm. Then we have Wendell Wilkie. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the subject of today's Deep Dive is uh, Alf Landon because okay. I had never heard of him at all mm-hmm. now. I would say that, in all honesty, Mm -hmm. unless you're really into politics, Mm -hmm. you probably don't know very many presidential election losers prior to your lifetime. Was Wendell Wilkie the socialist? Um, I don't remember. I I briefly looked into his, Mm -hmm. but seemed like a decent enough guy. But just the Mm -hmm. stuff about him I didn't find very interesting. So uh, Alfred Mossman Landon, also known as Alf, Born uh, September 9th, eighteen eighty-seven, lived till October twelfth, nineteen eighty-seven. Mm-hmm. So just over a hundred years old. Wow. Um, he was American. So pal-
0: he, he'd been dead less than a year when they're
1: joking. Yeah. about Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and they put him on the mountainside that quickly too. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <It> immortalized. <laughs> no, Albert. I mean uh, the Golden
0: Girls. Well, fighters. yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. They didn't take too long uh, to to take a sh- I guess a shot at him for being <laughs> a famous loser, but you'll you'll see why maybe Mine here in wasn't a second. Even cold yet. <laughs> right. Um, but the uh, he was a politician who served as the 26th uh, governor of Kansas from 1933 to 1937. Mm-hmm. He was a member of the Republican Party and the party's nominee in uh, 1936 as for the presidential election. But he was defeated by incumbent President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Um, after uh, graduating from the University of Kansas, he became an independent oil producer in Lawrence, Kansas. His business made him a millionaire, <laughs> and he became a... Uh, leader of the liberal republicans in kansas he won election as governor in kansas in 1932 and sought to reduce taxes and balance the budget in the midst of the great depression It said that uh, in the uh, 1936 national republican national convention they selected uh, landon as their presidential nominee but he proved to be an ineffective campaigner and carried just two states in the election <laughs> oh, in one wow. of the hugest landslides ever um after the election, he left. Uh, he finished his term as governor and never sought public office again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, however, his daughter Nancy Caseenbaum or Casebound was a uh, senator for Kansas from 1978 to 1997. So mm-hmm. there may be some listeners, especially if they're in the Kansas area, mm-hmm. that would no worries. That's a pretty long time to serve. Yeah, twenty yeah. years. Did you have something else you wanted to add before I go on to the next little bit about him?
0: Like, I don't know what do you think it's worse to be remembered as a presidential loser or an oil man who was only a millionaire? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd like to think that if you adjusted it for inflation,
1: (laughs) 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 that he would be far richer in today's dollars than he was in 1935 (laughs) dollars or whatever. Yeah. But he was married to uh, Margaret Fleming until her death in 1918 at the age of 29, Mm -hmm. which made me wonder. I couldn't find anything about her cause of death. Mm -hmm. But it's 1918, so I kind of wonder if she was one of the early flu pandemic, um, Mm -hmm. Spanish flu. uh, Oh, who knows? Because he was in the military. (laughs) the canary in that coal mine. (laughs) could be. So 11, 12 years later, he married Theo Cobb, which is a lovely name. Um, (laughs) And they stayed together until his death 57 years later. I always think of Theo as a boy's name. So, well, I guess it's because I associated with the Cosby Show. That's mm-hmm. the only Theo that I know offhand. I um, Theo Rossi. Theo Rossi. I think he was like one of the bad guys in Punisher. Or oh, okay. Show. It sounds familiar now yeah. that you say Maybe it. Maybe
2: it's short for Theodora or something.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, Theodora.
2: But
1: see, I think this would actually be a guy who you would be a fan of, uh, Ski. Yes, because yeah. as, as governor, um, he gained a reputation for reducing taxes and balancing the budget. And he's often described as a fiscal conservative who nevertheless believed the government must also address certain social issues.
2: I do. I completely support it's those like things. young Mitch Daniels. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he supported part of the New Deal and labor unions. So nice. there's uh, something for Union forever. <laughs> <laughs> so, um.
0: Remember that intro to this episode?
1: What's that? Remember the intro? Yeah, I do remember the intro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wasn't that far back. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, uh,
2: is that the one where you talked about unions, the proletariat, <laughs> and big business? Exactly. exactly.
1: But uh, Guy Fawkes Day <laughs> covered the bases. Yeah. Oh, so is that why you're wearing that mask today? <laughs> exactly. Bring it's the all establishment. coming together now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he he did accrue 17 million votes, but apparently back then, he still lost by 10 million votes um, in the popular vote, and the electoral difference was uh, 523 for Roosevelt, eight 4. <laughs> <laughs> and it was I think the slightly lopsided, yeah, the biggest landslide um, in uh, in history up to that point. Although I think Ronald Reagan had an, a, maybe a bigger landslide even yeah. in his uh, second election.
0: So like for the electoral electoral votes it was like 523 to eight yeah you know and it's one of those things that 538 to eight or 32 or whatever mm-hmm. but basically you mentioned the eight and i was like oh so they're kind of like just the deadheads yeah. they're like this super, there's only eight of them but they are hardcore oh, right landing like they're following them around and
1: well, apparently the the two states that did go in his direction were Maine and Vermont. He lost Kansas, his own state. <laughs> his own state, <laughs> yeah. But Maine and Vermont won his direction. And I I guess at the time there was a saying that like so goes Maine, so goes the country. Mm. That you know, apparently they frequently mm-hmm. were a good barometer for who was going to win the presidential election. Not in this instance. Yeah. So then they changed it to so goes Maine, so goes Vermont. Um, <laughs> 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 but um. Yeah, so he, he did live to be 100 years old. I guess uh, Ronald and Nancy Reagan did attend his 100th birthday party in Topeka, Kansas. At that time, he was using a walking stick, but you know, was still in, in good mental you know, faculty and all that. So it's a great day in my life, and it's a great day in the lives of all of us who have had the privilege uh, that we have had today of meeting the President of the United States and Mrs. Reagan. Um, and then nine years later, uh, his daughter married. The uh, White House Chief of Staff, Howard Baker. So hmm. I don't know if that, that particular birthday party helped uh, seal the deal. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was his dowry. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Overall, the final tally on the votes for that year were um, for the year that he was uh, lost the election were 27750000 for Roosevelt. And uh, sixteen million six hundred eighty thousand for uh, Alf, mm-hmm. but you have to say, you know, even though the electoral college vote is is a laughable mm-hmm. difference, yeah, you know, that doesn't feel like quite as uh, harsh of a defeat <laughs> when like, you put it in the terms of the 50%. popper percent Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, not even quite fifty percent, uh, because I mean twenty-seven to sixty-one percent to thirty-seven percent, basically. Okay, so two to one. Yeah, more or less, not quite, but close to yeah. it. So. Anyways, but that uh, so a little short. What? <laughs>
0: so does it like 2 to 1 make it 50%?
1: Well, it's not 2 to 1 because 2 to 1 would be 74%. Like that would be twice 37%. So it's more no, like. say it was like 30 and 60. 37 and 60. Uh, I mean, when you think. 61. When you really bring okay.
2: it down to the brass tax, I mean, you can lose a state by one vote.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I that, mean, that was necessarily. I probably
2: call for a, a recount on that <laughs> level. But, I mean, we'll say it was like within a, a few hundred or something. Right.
1: Yeah, this episode was really light on deep dive uh, options. There were those Mm -hmm. three vice presidents, Mm -hmm. and there was the rhythm method, and those were (laughs) (laughs) about the only things. I read up on the rhythm (laughs) method because I thought that's what you would go with. Well, and I did read on that, but I was like, this just isn't interesting Uh enough, and it's even still kind of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, In case anybody's curious that doesn't know, the rhythm method is basically trying to only have sex on days when you're – significant other is not ovulating um there's some sort of accounting method that if you do it exactly right is like 91 percent effective Mm -hmm. so if you really don't want to use birth control of any kind (laughs) but you know also don't have a baby then i guess that's an option out there for you (laughs) anyways so yeah so at this point going back
0: um Oh mm-hmm. yes, um, Adam and Camden have they Adam and Camden have they met each other yet? No, no. Now this is the first time. you are only a
2: month apart though. Yeah, I so I was, was wondering I like
1: if you guys knew who the Alpha was going to be or. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we haven't. Uh, they haven't uh, shown just yet, <laughs> but we'll keep an eye out. Um, you figure the odds or the opportunities for the two of them to meet are going to be few and far between. So, you know, even if yeah. they just have testosterone rolling off of them when they enter the room, at least it won't happen to happen very often. Yeah. <laughs> so. But anyway, so, we're again, we're, we're on the train. Uh, we lost a l- or we've lost luggage. We're on the train. We've gone by uh, Mount Luz and Baden. Rose and Sophia leave the train car, and Blanche politely declines what she thinks Dorothy se- is sexually is Dorothy's sexual advance, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of nice. The way she's like, "I like you as a friend, Dorothy, but I'll, I'll pass." <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, but Blanche, yeah, she, but
0: she's not surprised by it, right? Yeah. <laughs> she was just like yeah. just waiting for this to happen, <laughs> right?
1: But what it actually is is Dorothy going to Blanche say they need to tell so they need to tell Rose the truth mm-hmm. about okay. the situation,
2: had, yeah. fudged with her uh, information, right?
1: Right, um, but they do get derailed in in that you know. Decision uh, mm-hmm. when Sophia goes to the Wiz Palace and <laughs> <laughs> disappears for a few minutes. <laughs> so the Wiz Palace is the bathroom.
2: The bathroom. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> they be go through a call The loo. <laughs> no, well, it's funny because they go water through, cl- the WC.
1: Right. <laughs> The, the train apparently has no internal lights on it. Um, <laughs> and they go through a really dark tunnel, which has a reputation for people disappearing when they go. Mm-hmm. And so Sophia apparently gets up in the <laughs> pitch blackness and wanders <laughs> her way over to the train car's uh, restaurant that they have. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not a closet, since we know <laughs> she is after. I lavatory?
0: <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to get there in my mind. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that ends the scene there in, on the train. Mm-hmm. Now we're on the back of a wagon doing what would appear to be the last leg of the uh, the trip to St. Olaf. And Rose is reminiscing about her old friend, Ingrid, who she hasn't spoken to in ages. Mm-hmm. And Blanche suggested Rose give Ingrid a call. So Rose is like, that's a great idea, and yells out, hey, Ingrid. <laughs> and they have like a nice echo effect that mm-hmm. they put in with yeah, that. Yeah. And then uh, Ingrid yells back, and they have a brief conversation. <laughs> and like, Rose, is that you? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and she does appreciate Blanche's suggestion. I did like Ingrid's accent. Yeah. <laughs> And then the wagon driver realizes who Rose is, that she's the woman of the year, and starts talking about all the amazing things that Emma Immerhofer had done. Um and that, you know, everybody kinda thought she would win mm-hmm. the, the award. And then this leads Blanche and Dorothy to finally come clean about the embellished application, and Rose immediately decides that she isn't gonna even go to St. Olaf and mm-hmm. I don't know where the wagon driver pulls off to <laughs> for her to she call says, them. She says,
2: take us to the first phone, right? Yeah,
1: which I mean, I assume then that they did that and then turned around, got back on the train, back mm-hmm. on the plane, you know, and on their way back to, uh, back to Miami. So then uh, we have our last scene change at this point. We're back in the kitchen. The girls are really happy to be home. Uh, Rose, after almost no effort, decides to forgive them <laughs> um, because... Yeah, you know, she does realize that they were doing it out for kind reasons, even though, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was misguided, and that it's. Uh, she says it's not your fault. You're chronic two faced liars. which um, <laughs> so I thought was good.
2: Then she say, "Yeah, uh, you guys didn't grow up in Saint Olaf."
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> so she takes nurture over yeah. nature.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and uh, just then, uh, Harry Weston and his dog Dreyfus come walking in with the mail. He is holding. I guess he was holding their mail while they were away. Okay. Blanche flirts with Harry and he leaves with his uh, virtue still intact. The girls discuss. Barely. Yeah, by the skin of his teeth. Um, (laughs) The girls discuss the general plot of Empty Nest as (laughs) Rose opens the package that Harry dropped off. And it turns out Rose did win the award after all because of her honesty and that uh, Emma Emmerhofer's murderous ways Mm -hmm. uh, caused her to lose the (laughs) award since they. Found her husband's skeleton in her closet. Yeah, I liked
2: how they said, "Oh, they found a few a skeleton in her closet," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Oh, it was Mr. Emerald." <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> um, and then uh, Rose sells the girls the trophy is actually made of chocolate, and they uh, end the episode by saying, "Congratulations, Rosen Island! You are Saint Olaf's Woman of the Year." Oofta! Ah. So that was the signal. Yeah. The so, hand gesture. Yeah, we did that much better the second time around, but I. You know, I actually think the first time around was a more mm-hmm. enjoyable time. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, so that closed the episode. Uh, we had a ton of guest actors, and not a ton, I guess. We had mm-hmm. like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, Jim Dugan. He played Ben. 53 titles to his name. Um, he was a uh, Mr. Coleman on the Disney classic The Haunted Mansion, mm. um, and this was his uh, only Golden Girls episode. Doug Cox played Sven, 65 titles to his name. Uh, nothing really of note, but this is his first of two Golden Girls episodes, mm-hmm. and he comes back in season five. What was his name? Uh, Sven. Sven was the character name. Doug Cox is the actor name. Is uh, that we a, sure. got a We had a
2: Sven before.
1: Yeah, I was disappointed that it wasn't Sven from Little Sven. Um, oh, could, yeah. could they not think of three <laughs> names that rhymed that wouldn't utilize Sven again? <laughs> um, <laughs> then we had uh, John Moody. He played Lynn. 14 titles his name. This was his only Golden Girls, but he was on like four different Pee-wee Herman things. A couple of them as Mike the mailman, and a couple as other characters. Mm-hmm. Which I just thought, apparently, you know, him and uh, Pee-wee must have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <or> Paul <laughs> Rubens must really like to use John Moody in his work. <laughs> I think he uses a lot of the same. Oh, does he? People, yeah, yeah it makes sense. Um, <clears throat> then uh, James Lashley, he was the driver uh, of the. Of the, um, the wagon charge. driver, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he has 68 titles to his name, including an episode of Justified, which I you know you said you've ah, been watching recently. That. He yeah. was a Jimbo on that, in case mm-hmm. you remember it. And yeah. he was also on a, a couple episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine and one of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. But this was his only Golden Girls. Okay, And then we had uh, Bridget Sienna. She was Ingrid. 38 titles to her name, nothing of real note, and her only Golden Girls on this one. And then we get into the ones that are... Uh, a little more interesting, uh, Cynthia Lee Clark. She was the train passenger, ninety-seven titles to her name. A couple of recent things: uh, I am the dot dot dot. <laughs> She's been in seven episodes of that ongoing series. I'm the ellipses. Yeah, I guess. And uh, then Netflix and Chill, ten episodes of that recently. <laughs> and then uh, 68 episodes of Days of Our Lives as Nurse Jill. Um, but she's actually in five episodes of Golden Girls, so this is her second one. Mm-hmm. She was an IRS agent. It seems like, I don't know if she's always a, generally a background character. Probably, yeah, it's um, easier
2: to blend in then.
1: Yeah, so this is her, her second, but we'll see her again, um, I think, later this season. Cool. And then we had uh, Valente Rodriguez. He played Fred, the Repair Man. He had quite the career. Yeah, Yeah. 74 titles for his name. Um, he was uh, in... 34 episodes of uh, Happily Divorced as Caesar, and 120 episodes of George Lopez as uh, Ernie. Mm-hmm. And then he was also in Endgame. Um, probably not the one you're thinking, though. He was uh, Coach <laughs> Stevens in the 2015 movie Endgame featuring Manny from Modern Family. Um, uh, so. I thought you are talking about a porno oh. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, we had Bear the Dog. I played Dreyfus. This was his first of five Golden Girls episodes. Of course, Fifty-eight episodes of Empty Nest, mm-hmm. and then the um, the big one was uh, Richard Mulligan, Doctor Harry Weston, hundred and ten titles to his name. Of course, most known for his eighty-five episodes of Soap, and of course, one hundred and seventy episodes of Empty Nest. Mm-hmm. So, and this is his first of three Golden Girls episodes that he'll mm-hmm. be in. So, uh, those are all of the guest stars. So, There's a lengthy list this time around.
0: So, who do you think got paid more for their episode of The Golden Girls, Bear or Alf?
1: Um, I would have to guess Alf because there was talking. So uh, yeah, he had lines. Okay, <laughs> that would just be my guess. But um, you know, I guess we'll never know because yeah. um, I don't think they published that information. <laughs> SAG records should be public records, <laughs> right? So yeah, that's the recap.
2: Ah, I kill me. It's <laughs> a good recap. Thank you. Very good job, both of you.
1: Is there anything else we should discuss, Brent? We're getting there. <laughs> oh,
2: <okay>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, you know, earlier I promised the listers that we would go through and give our MVP, um, and we would also just, you know, award it up to eight slices of cheesecake. You know, you didn't mention
2: while. that that was our our currency, though. So we best be. Uh you know stingy with it i would think <laughs> would to make sure so. not to give it all away at one point exactly <laughs> unless duly deserved it mm-hmm. duly deserved <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so speaking of great lines we'll
1: also pick out our best line of the episode <laughs> okay well my favorite line of the episode i i wasn't prepared to be asked what my favorite line was at this point uh,
2: <laughs> i thought we all agreed that uh, one of the early lines was our favorite yeah the one with
1: the joke yeah, that was the one. <laughs> I know there, there was a lot of good lines in this particular episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the one to me it was the one about the books in the library. That yeah, yeah um, We'll definitely. cross that bridge when we get to it. I think that was my favorite line. So.
2: Yeah, I agree. So I think we're three for three on that one too. Yeah, mm-hmm,
1: yeah. How about for MVP? I, I think I has to go to Rose. I mean, she was good. I, I don't think that any of the other three stole the show by any means, and, mm-hmm. and Rose was solid throughout the whole whole episode. Yeah. So
2: I got give. It, it was definitely a Rose centric episode. I got give it to her, and then she was also like super. Genuine and wanted to tell the truth at the end. So, mm-hmm. and then ultimately, she was, you know, the Saint Olaf Woman of the Year. Oof da. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I got to give it to you know, Zven, Len, and Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Just because I really liked the way those three knuckleheads played off each other.
1: I thought you were going to say you were like the cut of their jib. I did. <laughs> I'll collect their jibs. jibs.
2: <laughs> their jibe. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So I guess this breaks our streak. I think we'd have three episodes in a row of unanimous decisions on MVP. Mm, yeah. about these uh, these these triplets <laughs> 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 set us off track.
2: They're too enticing, Alan.
1: Triplets mm-hmm. <laughs> are too enticing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> They're three uh,
0: enticing. Okay. Well, speaking of three, <laughs> is that how many slices of cheesecake <laughs> you'd give this one?
2: I think I'd give it a four. A I four. liked it, but it was nothing super out of the ordinary. Yeah. Um, I'll give it
0: five. And just kick it up just because I really like just the methods of travel that they had to take. So, they, that they had was like fun. different You're scenes. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. now we got to be on an airplane. Now we have to be on, you know, a stagecoach. Now we have to be, you know, in a boat or, you know, whatever. It was
2: an episode of many, you know, backgrounds.
0: Exactly. You know, lots of actors, a lot for, of scene for this changes. Show, it was a pricey episode. Yeah.
1: See, I, I really enjoyed this episode. It was actually. One of the uh, one of my favorites, I feel like I don't know if I'm biased because I gave the review on it, mm-hmm. but I gave it a seven.
0: Um, You've had a you know
1: a, a pro Alf Landon <laughs> bias for <a> of, <laughs> as long
0: as I've known you. Yeah, well, he did help to
1: pull the Republican Party back together during some tro- after some troubling times, I guess. <laughs> That's true. But um, where
2: are our Alf Landons now?
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, we do need more Alf Landons, someone who's kind of more in the middle. Um, but, anyways, I don't know. I guess I. Number one, the B story was really light, um, which I prefer. I prefer when it's an A story heavy. All four main characters were, you know, heavily in the A story Mm -hmm. as well. Like there wasn't. Granted, I mean, Blanche and Dorothy had a little extra in there Mm because of the lie they were perpetrating, Mm -hmm. but it was pretty evenly uh, distributed between the four. I thought that the premise of the episode was actually Mm -hmm. pretty good and original. It wasn't as thin as some of them are. Yeah, it would have been just as easy for them to say she's going back for a funeral. Right. (laughs) What
2: would you say the B story was?
1: I think it was the air conditioning. That's the only other thing they really discussed. Um, But, uh, yeah, so like I said, I really enjoyed the episode. I will say I maybe shouldn't give it quite a 7. I'll leave it at 7 since it's not going (laughs) to push it into the top anyway. Um, because I do like for me to give it a really high score. Usually, like there to be some emotional tug to it also, and there wasn't really any of that. Um, so, so maybe a seven, maybe a little too generous. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, it's not going to push it over the top anyway. Yeah. So I don't feel a need to re-examine my. Okay.
2: I think I'd like to change mine. Okay. I want to put up to a five point five because, like Brent said, lots of ch- scene changes. There was a lot going on. So. Mm-hmm. I think based on that alone, I'm going to bump it up a a little bit. Yeah. All
0: right. That'll see your 5.5 and raise you to a six.
2: What?
1: That took us right there in the middle between you two. <laughs> well, then I'm going to have to see your two changes and go down to a 6.5 because not enough emotional uh, resonance um, in order to really deserve I'm the I'm going to put mine I at an eight 8.5. <laughs> so, so now let's re- – so I'm giving it 6.5. I think that's probably a more so honest a answer.
0: 6.5. I'm at 6.5. No, I'm at six, and he's at
1: 5.5. So a six so episode, that's a pretty damn good episode. That averages
0: out to what I said. So why am I management and you two are <laughs>
1: Well, that's Why can't I be the union
0: busting scab?
1: <laughs> you are the scab. You're just not the union buster. <laughs> so, you're the two face who who espouses your uh, union love, but still shows up to work every day. <laughs>
2: you guys, yeah, we gotta fight for you know our rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I gotta go to the bathroom real fast. Uh- <laughs> Hold my spot here in the picket line. <laughs> I, mean,
1: I didn't know what you were going to say. when you're like, I got to go to the bathroom real fast. Hold my. Uh. <laughs> picket axe. <an> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All
3: right.
0: So with that, we'll go ahead and bid you a fond uh, adieu. <laughs> <laughs> so this
1: is what I get for trying to be classier than stay golden. Coco. Right. <laughs> Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.